Hello everyone, Jerry Lee here standing in for the Manifestor and we are so happy to be here with you tonight and uh, we're looking forward to an interesting uh, and good time. So uh, just uh, tune your ears in and um, turn on uh, your Melchizedek minds and we will be ready to start here with uh, lots and lots of interesting things. <clears throat> You know that one of the books that we are um, uh, planning on getting out here very soon, along with the Peace uh, Manifest Bible, is Star Eyes. And I thought it would be uh, so very appropriate to read something uh, from the book of Star Eyes uh, so that you could just uh, see how beautifully uh, written and how uh, spiritually divine that that book really is. And even the name itself is absolutely a gorgeous name, Star Eyes. So we're going to read something from that. Uh, last week we had some problems with the internet. So I want to tell you up front that if, um, if something happens where you lose your uh, audio, um, we had several people drop out last week because they lost their audio uh, and then they just gave up. But if you just... Um, hang around a little bit and keep coming back on, you will get back on. And this is what a lot of people have told me. It's just uh, an Internet problem. Sometimes the traffic on uh, Sunday night on the Internet uh, is, uh, you know, uh, pretty uh, big, and uh, they just uh, have, have problems. But um, if you just, uh, you know, if you have a problem, Hang in there, wait a little bit, give it a little time, and keep trying to come back on. You'll, you should get back on, no problem. Very unfortunately, um, uh, just due to technical problems, uh, we, um, the, the, we lost being able to get it recorded. Fortunately, our friends in Texas recorded it, but there was 10 minutes that uh, they had missed uh, due to special circumstances. So hopefully some of those things that were in that first 10 minutes, um, we will be able to repeat somewhere along the line in this whole uh, presentation. Um, but it, it, it's going to be very, very eye-opening. And, and I want to say that um, I, I am pleased at the, um, at the follow-up uh, that happens. You know, all of these messages that we're doing are recorded. So far, every single message that we have done on the broadcast are recorded, and uh, I'm very thank I'm very thankful for that. Uh, that we have all of those now up to date and recorded, and uh, it's exciting. So um, we uh, we're going to hopefully get this one recorded also uh, because uh, the Melchizedek uh, subject is an incredibly grand subject. So I thank, I thank God for that, and I thank God for, for having that message. Okay, so let's just reiterate a few things. Uh, let's just talk about Melchizedek uh, and, and how that Melchizedek, uh, uh, which seemingly only has a few scriptural references, would be such a gigantic subject. Well, you notice that when Paul in Hebrews was writing about Melchizedek, 
he seemed to come up with all kinds of information uh, just from a little statement that had been made by uh, uh, in Psalms and a short statement that had been made in Genesis. And he just came up with all this information. Well, where he came up with all that information, of course, was for, for going into the, the Hebrew uh, root of the, of the word uh, Melchizedek. And it's quite expansive, and there's, uh, you know, at least a dozen uh, various uh, roots that you can go into that provide all kinds of information. And that's how he got the information, king of righteousness and, you know, king of peace and all, all, of the, all that he got. We're going to add to uh, the revelation that uh, that Paul um, had gotten uh, because uh, he, he didn't uh, gleam at all, but he did gleam a lot, and I, I certainly credit the man uh, for his uh, his biblical capability. Uh, he didn't just dream that up out of thin air; those things were, um, you know, were were uh, root uh, Hebrew roots of the Melchizedek name and and uh, history. And uh, we're going to be into a very, very interesting connection on that uh, tonight. So um, let's let's uh, talk about uh, uh, the fact that we mentioned last week that um, that uh, using the definite article uh, and using in you know the relative sense, uh, there are only uh, you know three times that the Son of God uh, is referred to. And 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 uh, and I, I when I say three times I should say there's three persons, um, Jesus, Adam, and Melchizedek. Those are all Bible uh, instances in which uh, the definite article is prior to the Son of God, and uh, puts them all into this uh, this uh, you know uh, similar classification as being the Son of God. We know they're sons of God, but not uh, all the sons of God. Uh, have uh, the word the in in uh, uh, front in front of it uh, in, in the uh, you know in the relative sense that uh, that it, it is given. So that of course is uh, is very important and very interesting. And uh, and then you know Melchizedek in in the book of uh, Hebrew seven uh, two says that um, uh, you know that. Says that Melchizedek is the king of righteousness, and the king of Salem, which is the old word for Jerusalem, Salem, and the king of peace. Uh, in fact, he's listed as the king of righteousness. Yes, and uh, so king of righteousness. Um, how do you get any greater of title than being the king of righteousness? Uh, that is certainly something to uh, to look at and to consider. Uh, it 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 has a uh, you know a scepter promise entangled in, in into it. Uh, the whole thing of uh, the scriptural references uh, uh, are just absolutely fantastic uh, in in connection to this. And uh, we're going to uh, just you know carry this on. We also. Uh, have the unique thing with Melchizedek that he, that um, uh, that he is compared to 
to the Son of God, to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Like the Son of God, he remains a priest forever. And then, likewise, uh, Jesus is referred back to Melchizedek, like Melchizedek. And, and so, uh, they each have this, this apparent, um, relationship of being like one another. And, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's quite, uh, quite wondrous, uh, to find, uh, such a subject. And especially as we are going to dig it out. One of the really interesting subjects that few people have really understood, uh, where it says, without father or mother, without, uh, genealogy, Without beginning of days uh, or end of life, like the Son of God remains a priest forever, uh, Hebrews 7 3. Uh, what an incredible way of describing anybody that that is. Uh, with, with, without uh, uh, end of life, uh, but without, without father, without mother, without genealogy. Well, of course, I've explained this before. That was very, very important because what that was referring to. Uh, in the setting that it was given, is that um, Melchizedek is not after uh, the the seed of of Abraham. Uh, the seed of Abraham, uh, in if you watch it closely in the scriptures, uh, basically produces the seed of the Hebrew children, but also of the many other nations of the world. That all nations are blessed in Mel in 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 pardon me Abraham, and uh, but in this particular case. Melchizedek preceded Abraham, and in fact, um, <clears throat> Abraham paid tithes to him because of, of his ancientness, and uh, because that that he was a priest and and, and a high hierarchy, uh, even in the time of of Abraham, he was recognized by by Abraham in that sense. So that uh, has relevance and, and it does have importance when you consider that Jesus said other sheep I have that are not of this fold other sheep I have not of this fold so not of this fold are sheep not of under Abraham and and the sheep that are not under Abraham of course are the the, the Enoch uh, uh, sons uh, of God uh, the Enoch uh, people who uh, Jesus explained that as he is coming back with angels and they're going to go to the four corners of the of the world meaning the four kinds of human beings on the earth and they're going to raise up in a rapture or or in, in a, a, a transcendence uh, of people and take them on board uh, these clouds which are actually ziths and uh, that's by the way is spelled Z Z I T H. Our Canadian pronunciation uh, is is um, uh, a little bit different, and um, so so don't let my English uh, translation throw you off. Okay, so um, um, that's all very 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 interesting when you see then that this thing about without father without mother. He's not saying that he never was ever born. He never had a father. Uh, because he, he even is reference to the Father which is in heaven. So he, for sure there's that Father. He has a relationship. But what it's talking about, he has no, no earthly genealogy. There's no earthly genealogy because he's not from earth, uh, in the sense of having not, been, he was not born on earth. He was born in the Father's house. And, um, 
And we've talked about that before. And there's lots and lots of scripture for that. And uh, when, uh, you know, we're going to give more and more details of that uh, as um, we go along. In fact, though, if you do get into the blogs, there, there's, there's lots of information on the subject. And, and, and there will be more uh, because it's just, uh, you know, a, a, a subject that has far more available than people uh, at first would ever imagine. And, uh, you know, there's, there's other, uh, other scripture, uh, like, uh, you know, uh, the, the uh, Last Jubilee, uh, the, uh, the Dead Sea Scroll, and uh, 11 Q13, uh, column 2, uh, talks about uh, Melchizedek. And, uh, you know, a lot of interesting uh, other uh, uh, words uh, that are written about, uh, you know, in, in, about Melchizedek. So, um, now, we're just going to move, keep moving along here, uh, because there is so much to share, so much to, to, to tell. Okay, so I, I get back to what I started to say. I want I want to read from Out of Star Rise. And this is actually written in Star Rise many years ago, many years ago. And uh, it's called uh, Melchizedek Priesthood. There's quite a little bit of reading here, but it's so beautiful that I think that you should tune your ears to this and and really uh, take the time to listen carefully. Behold a great melting, a melting of names and designations, a melting of the banners and the flags which represent the nations, peoples, kindreds, and tongues. Listen, the voice of the spirit of unity speaks. Hear me, world. Hear me, Adam's seed. Whosoever that shall be one with me shall be one in God, joined in, in, into one spirit. Then shall such one cease to be Jew or Gentile. Therefore let not the Jew say, I am greater, or the Gentile say, I am greater. Hear what the Spirit says. To the Jews who represent all Israel, unto, unto you are granted the first callings of salvation. But to the nations of the Gentiles are granted the last callings of salvation. So it was, to John there appeared a sealed book of which it was thought no one could open. But then came the Lamb of God and opened that book. Thus spoke the Lamb, The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Arise, you Gentiles, and shine. Come to the light. Come to the brightness of my rising. Give of your milk to Jerusalem, the beloved city. Let the children uh, suck the tips of your breasts. Bring your substance in the bracings of your power. Let your peace flow like a river and your joy like a crystal stream. You have been lost in your uh, fleshliness. Therefore, you could not relate to me. You sought me not, nor were you of nations called by my name. But I call unto you, and as many as believe will be ordained to eternal life. I said to Israel, I am your Savior. I am your Messiah King. But they rebelled against me as before. They thrust me aside by their cruel tortures. They treated me despitefully. It is not therefore seen that Israel chosen to represent, is it not therefore seen that Israel chosen to represent the heavenly city and its heavenly love to all humankind has failed to be the symbol of its destiny? 
Nevertheless, I said to my disciples, Go not in the ways of the Gentiles, for they must wait their time. Hear me, for my call is to all races, nations, and tongues that know my voice and will hear and obey me. I gave my body of the seed of Abraham and of David for salvation. For the sake of human humans ignorant of truth, I allowed my body to be hung on the cross, and to that end I conveyed uh, my body and blood to be the symbols of spiritual bread and wine. Therefore I said, This is my body. It is bread. Take and eat. This is my blood, a proxy for humankind. This was my intent when I said, This is my blood. It is the blood of the vine which I shed for a covenant to you and all the world. Having completed this act, I bled, the, I bled their blood and said, It is finished. All right. Um, <clears throat> Understand, I came in a body of flesh to the Jews, and by the Spirit in Adam and Melchizedek, I compassed all humankind by such accomplishments, in, uh, encompassed all uh, Gentiles, uh, which were included in the offerings of the covenant. Also understand, on the cross I brought the vertical and the horizon bars together, which are the horizons of the Jews and the Gentiles. Uh, the, this was done that whosoever would, would might be covered by my blood, which is to say that they might be graced by my life. Uh, by adoption I was the son of Joseph and the descendants of David and Abraham. By birth I was the son of the Virgin Mary, the offspring of Adam. And by the Spirit I am, I am of the form of Melchizedek, king of righteousness, king of peace. As Abraham is the father of many nations, Adam is the father of all the Ora soul people of earth nations. As the, a spirit in the beginning moved upon the waters, Melchizedek, having taken upon him, himself a non-Hebrew personification, moved by the spirit on earth as a father of spiritual priesthoods. For although Adam by the flesh was before Melchizedek, Melchizedek by the spirit was before Adam. So it was... Abraham recognizing the spiritual superiority and the title of the non-Hebrew Melchizedek king rendered unto Melchizedek ties of his own possessions. Therefore, becoming subject to the Melchizedek order, Abraham conceded to that superiority, superiority not only for himself, but also for the unborn Levi and Moses, who are yet in his loins, and for their covenant present and future. It is evident that the Lord Melchizedek, knowing the evil ways of humanity, foresaw their failures, and though he loved them, he refused their trusted testimonies. Therefore the Lord Melchizedek, empowered by his great compassion, took upon himself a body which was not of Jewish configuration, nor which could be ascribed to a particular tribe, people, or nation, uh, such as one seen by the Spirit stood on the road to meet Abraham, returning from his victory, that might be said for once and for all, God is not a respecter of persons. Whosoever will, will, Jew or Gentile, uh, let unbelieve and be saved. Melchizedek, not being a Hebrew, loved Abraham, received his ties that Abraham's progeny might be found worthy to receive Jesus Christ, who was to come after Melchizedek's order, but in a Jewish form. We're almost done here. Now we see not Jews or Gentiles, but Jews that become non-Jews by Melchizedek, 
and Gentiles who become non-Gentiles by Abraham through Jesus Christ. Thus each of these sets of humans by Melchizedek and Christ become universal entities. It is by such acts that the Jews and the Gentiles uh, may become one blood in Adam, the Son of God. Consequently, it is by such acts that the ruins and divisions caused by the Babel taints to humankind may be made to vanish. Therefore, although the Jews and the Gentiles have been uh, covenants by chosen progenerators, all humanity has only Adam into unto its first heritage. And Adam, being the first son, first son of God, has unto heritage Yahweh, who is the spirit of Melchizedek Christ. Jesus Christ, by taking on the seed of Abraham on his mother's side, has a covenant of the flesh to the Jews that are the descent of Abraham. Nevertheless, Jesus Christ, by being the spiritual substance uh, uh, equal to the everlasting Melchizedek priesthood, has offered a spiritual covenant to all humankind. Since flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven, it is clear that the covenant given to the Hebrews by the descent of Jesus to flesh is the lesser, and the covenant given by uh, the flesh uh, that he is the seed of Abraham, and next by the spirit that he is the form of Melchizedek, the greater uh, and the lesser promises become one. Anyway, uh, there's more to it, but <laughs> that's quite a bit of heavy stuff there. Beautiful stuff. That's from the Star Rise. Um, oh, let's just finish this one little bit. Think it not strange that the light and the glory of the Gentiles shall flow to give hope to the land of Jerusalem, the land of Israel. Come, O come, you wise Gentiles, kings from afar. And to, and to you were wisdom and light given to find the Jewish son in whom the native Jews but few would believe. And to you again shall it be given to nourish by the tits of your breast those lost Jews, wandering stars lost in the uncomprehending darkness of their physical souls. Go forth, go forth, you Melchizedek priest of the Most High God. Arise, you stars. Lead to Jesus, the Lamb of God. You Gentiles, take of the crumbs and be whole. Now give of those crumbs, regenerated bread, that the Jews and the Gentiles who believe shall be one by Adam in Jesus the Christ. Here at last the mystery resolved of those who were first and of those who were last. For the Lord said, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. So it is not relevant who is first or who is last, but rather who are they of the first and the last that are one with I am God, who is the first and the last. Nevertheless, understand the Jews and the Gentiles who choose not to believe equally have nothing but vague and the void. Wow. Okay. That's all very interesting. You can give me a minute. I'll just quench my thirst. That helps. Okay. All right. So now we have lots of um, good stuff to go over. And I told you in the, the, the letter that we sent out that we're going to show you... Uh, you know, Melchizedek in some ways that people are not familiar with. And uh, uh, one of the ways that uh, that I would like to show uh, Mel Melchizedek is in the book of Revelations. So uh, if you have your Bible and you want to turn to the book of Revelations, well, that is wonderful. Uh, what we want to uh, talk about there um, is a very interesting thing. And uh, that that uh, we'll have time to 
see just how um, how super that uh, that the whole thing is. Um, in the in the book of of Revelations, let's look at uh, chapter um, let's look at chapter fourteen, and we're going to read this uh, scripture here. Verse two. And I heard a voice from heaven, as the voice of many living waters, and as the voice of great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. And they sung, as it were, a new song before the throne, and before the uh, four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the hundred and forty and four thousand which were redeemed from the earth. And then if we look at... um, and we're going to come back to that section. Don't lose it. But if you look at Revelations uh, chapter 1, uh, and there's another scripture there on uh, 115, and here's what it says. Uh, it says, um, And his feet were likened to fine brass, and they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the voice or as the sound of many living of or of many waters and he held in his right hand seven stars and out of the mouth went a sharp two-edged sword and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength now we want to convey to you that um, that Melchizedek uh, is referred to here there's two sets of people referred to and this is a common thing throughout the Bible and, and a very important thing to note and to understand. But uh, uh, what we are showing here is that this person that is describing, um, uh, in verse uh, uh, 14, he's, he's like, uh, 13, he's likened to the Son of Man. Of course, that's, that's what it said when we read you the scripture about Melchizedek. Melchizedek's likened to the Son of Man. And then it says, his head and his hairs were white like wool and we're going to get to that scripture here after a bit to show you another connection of who Melchizedek is and and uh, uh, other times in the Bible that Melchizedek has appeared um, and his feet were like a divine brass and they burned in a, as they burned in a furnace uh, and his voice as the sound of many waters okay uh, very very interesting when you get into um uh, Hebrews, say for instance, you get into the Strong's Concordance, and you go to four 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 two, four 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 two, and you follow the the relationships of those scriptures in their roots, and that takes you to four four two eight, and then four four two eight takes you into seven seven six nine, seven seven six nine takes you to seven seven six. Eight, uh, so those are all in the Jewish, uh, Hebrew, uh, in the um, Strong's Hebrew Concordance. Now, the interesting thing about uh, seven seven six eight is a word called uh, halu, and uh, this word halu is about the loud voice, the shout, uh, which all goes back to Abraham. This Abraham is having this this uh, voice of wealth, uh, the voice of many waters, 
uh, and and having this uh, uh, this uh, this loud shout and and this term halu. Uh, so we can just we can take that by the root and we can show that this person who uh, who is is describing is is Melchizedek. We will also later use the 14th verse where it says his head and his hairs were like wool. We're going to get into that next. Um, as white as snow to show that between that description and the voice description that that this in fact indeed is referring to Melchizedek. Now also the voice of many uh, living waters uh, refers to um, uh, to uh, a, a multitude of people and and that is very very interesting to understand because there are the Enochs and the Enochs are the people and I started to tell you and then we sort of got off base that Jesus referred to um, when Jesus was saying that I'm going to come I'm going to these clouds that I'm going to come in you know and I explained to you they are the ziths and and uh that uh, uh, that they're going to go to the four corners of 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 the of the world of the earth, and um, and that as it was in the days of Noah, uh, that is happening because as it 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 is going to happen again, just like it did in the days of Noah, which in, includes and incorporates this thing of of the angels coming and picking up these people and taking them away. And that happened before, according to Jesus' word. And in Matthew 24, uh, it, and, and some of the other scriptures are verified in the different, different uh, uh, books uh, of the New Testament, that this incredible event happened before, back in the days of Noah, before the flood. And and people like uh, Methuselah, and and, uh, and 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 the offspring, the progeny of um, of uh, uh, Enoch were, were were picked up, and they were brought uh, they were brought in, uh, you know, to this uh, this uh, uh, new place uh, that that uh, was the father's house, and they began to. Uh, live there, uh, and this, this father's house, uh, is in Urja Minor, and it's, which is the Little Dipper. And what that actually means is, uh, you like home of the little flock. In other words, this particular flock that it's referring to is like, uh, when Jesus said, uh, I have, uh, sheep not of this fold. It's not the whole major fold of all of the sheep. But it's, it's, it's a portion of the fold. And uh, so, you know, that, that is, uh, is the beauty of it. Uh, uh, it's, it's the Enochs, you know, that, uh, that were raptured uh, to Artura, as, according to, as Jesus is saying, it happened, happened in the days of Noah, and they were taken, uh, you know, before the flood, and these people were taken uh, to, to uh, the Father's house, which is called Artura, and which is an uh, Arabic name uh, meaning heaven. Uh, so it's uh, uh, very, very uh, possessed of the truth, and very beautiful when you begin to see see this uh, this uh, glorious aspect. And uh, even in the, the the writings of the stars, there is there is a a ship, uh, you know, called Actos, and and. Uh, 
there is the, of this whole story in the stars of of of, of the uh, of this little dipper uh, Urja Minor and the big dipper and and there's a the story of of uh, Draco uh, the constellation of of the dragon uh, Lucifer Satan's uh, uh, place of abode uh, before he was kicked out of heaven. Uh, it, there, there's a whole story in the Bible, and, and re- even written in the stars, uh, that that tells this story, and uh, it's it's just an absolutely beautiful thing to to understand. And um, uh, if there's there's lots and lots of scripture, there's so much scripture. Uh, if I was to take the time to give you all the scripture, and and I and I have given scripture for this in the past so you're either going to find it on the broadcast or you'll be able to find it in the uh, the blogs uh, but but it's definitely there definitely available uh, for people that want to seriously search and discover it, it is there you know uh, okay now um, we've got this voice of the many living waters uh, I want to go back to something that is tied into this uh, and just read it because it is so important. Chapter 14, verse 1. Chapter 14, verse 1. I hope I'm not going too fast, because the one thing I don't want to do is not be clear and simple to you. Chapter 14, Revelations, verse 1. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on Mount Zion, and with him a hundred and forty and four thousand. That is a very particular number, and it has to do with the totality of the the tribes of Israel, uh, which also turns out to be the total number of the walls of Jerusalem, which basically is a very sacred number uh, that is actually talking about the redeemed. And um, and then it goes on to say, uh, and there was 144,000 having his father's name, the Lamb's Father, the Father's name written in their foreheads. Now please remember this verse. Chapter 14 of Revelations, verse 1. And the next verse that comes, and I heard the voice from heaven. This comes from heaven. As the voice of many living waters, as the voice of great thunder, and the voice of harpers harping with their harps. Okay, and they sung a new song. Keep this in mind. Keep this in mind, okay? Having the Father's name written in their foreheads. We'll see what this means as we, we get into this. Turn with me now to uh, to Daniel. What a beautiful, interesting book that that is. Turn to Daniel. And um, we're, uh, we're going to look at Daniel. And let's look at... Um, uh, let, let's look at the seventh chapter. Verse 9. King James, Daniel, chapter 7, verse 9. I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and hair of his head like the pure wool. Now remember the description that I read to you in Revelations about this person with the white wool hair and 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 now we've got the two things we've got the 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 how who the 
voice of the many living waters uh, that can be accredited to Melchizedek. And now we have the description of ancientness in Revelations and also here in Daniel accredited to him. And some will say, well, I, I think that's referring to Jesus. Or I think that's referring to someone else. Well, let's just keep reading. Uh, and and uh, the hair of his head was uh, uh, like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were opened. Now, there's so much in there. The wheels, if you get into the wheels like in Ezekiel, uh, you see a connection between heaven and earth. One wheel touches down on earth, but the other wheel is in heaven. So you have this this uh, twinning. You you have this almost uh, uh, atomic lattice entanglement so that, <coughs> as Einstein called it, the ghost wave, meaning that uh, something is emitted in the quantum world from an atomic particle here uh, in this galaxy, but far away in another galaxy, maybe at the end of the universe, uh, it has a twin. That that is that feels and knows everything that is happening to it as a, as a, as a, an atomic particle. Uh, that sounds spooky as as uh, uh, it was described by uh, Einstein. Uh, but but you know uh, they're finding out more and more that there is some kind of a reality to that. Well, uh, sometime not too far back when we did this special trip to Artura, we talked about this twinning. And, and bringing forth this phantom uh, that that and we gave scripture for all that that took this trip uh, so that uh, you know uh, our spirit was still in place but the phantom of the spirit went on this trip and 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 there was a there was a an, an entanglement which is uh, uh, we'll use that scientific word because it, it has uh, you know a, a connection we usually call it a twinning uh, between the the two, uh, uh, each one being able to respond to the other of of the event and of the happenings, uh, but the the wheel thing designates the the heaven connection to the earth connection. So we have these Enochs. Uh, uh, Enoch is a is a plural name, uh, but it's also is used uh, Enoch singular, which is. Uh, the same thing that was done with uh, with uh, Israel it was both a plural and a singular name, and uh, and that is just a Bible thing that has uh, has happened before. Okay, so um, we have this fiery stream which we describe as the symptonic fire, uh, the amtristic stream uh, of the energy of of God. Uh, it's, it's, it's an energy of love but but to those that receive it by the spirit it energizes them to those that do not receive it uh, it is negative to them and and that's the way the things of God work it blesses those who are uh, baptized in the mind of it and does not bless those who are anti to it who are contra to it uh, and this, this fiery stream issued came forth before him, and I'm going to read to you the translation or the interpretation of the scripture 
uh, that is uh, very beautiful that is in the book of uh, of Revelations and uh, it's, um, it's you know it's about this thing of Melchizedek and uh, it's Daniel uh, 7.10 the MIV the Peace Manifest Bible um, 7.10 a transfiguring and get that word transfiguring that's very important fiery stream issued and came forth from Melchizedek Yah ancient of days a thousand times thousands worshipped the father and ten thousand times ten thousands admired with reverence a syntonic fire of amtristic stream came forth from before the father and a, a, a legion of war angels from united armies of the holy commission of the seven spirits of God stood by to assist M as the trillion group of Ophanim waited before judgment their books of life were revealed and each one's destiny was made evident now there's, all, there's lots and lots in there but the beauty of it is Melchizedek being this ancient of days but representing the father which is in heaven so that there is this transfiguration thing that Jesus experienced on the Mount of Transfiguration and it was a very guarded secret at the time only wanted just a very very few people to know it until it was the time and in the knowledge of this and in the revealing of this uh, it has something to do with being able to actually change your features and and change how you look uh, uh, Jesus took on the appearance of Elijah uh, he took on the appearance of Moses um, we know in the 16th chapter of the book of Mark it talks about that Jesus appeared unto them in other forms uh, the, the Marys thought that he was the gardener after the resurrection uh, other disciples uh, as he was transfiguring could not could not uh, catch his facial features as Jesus uh, the um, the two disciples walking the road uh, on the way to meet the other disciples um, uh, only could recognize him by the things that he said and not by how he looked uh, because of this transfiguring that that Jesus did, and and Melchizedek had that same transfiguring capability, uh, because there's a likeness between what the Lord Jesus the Lord does and Melchizedek the Lord does, and and both of these are doing things in the Father's name, and you see that in the scripture that I read to you in the 14th chapter verse one, that all of these that were the the people involved with uh, the um, with Melchizedek, who had this voice of many uh, waters, uh, had the name of the Father written on them. That is because these were the Enochs, uh, the the same Enochs that were the angels in the 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 twenty thousand angels uh, in the Book of Psalms uh, that were 
given a special name for angel that there's only appeared one time and it refers to these angels that 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 came from the father's house which are actually artersians and and they are elect angels okay they haven't totally become the final uh, angels that they will be as ophanims but they are elect angels and um when we when we receive that and understand that we can see then that these were those that had the father's name imprinted on them and that these people have the the, the capability uh to 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 transfigure and and to take on uh the transfiguration of the father and take on the transfiguration of Melchizedek and take on the transfiguration of of uh, the Lord uh, Yahweh Jesus Christ and so in the beauty of that day that is coming of the two witnesses when uh Melchizedek and 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 Jesus Christ uh, come and they uh, are as individuals and they they come to to witness as it describes them as being the olives the olive trees and 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 being these uh two spirits that stand before the lord of the whole earth and they are the witnesses and when they come to do this to do this work then eventually there are those that join them who also become a part of the 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 witnesses so that <clears throat> this is often the way it is. Starts off like with Israel as one person. Next, there's a whole nation called Israel, and there are many instances of that uh, in the Bible because it is the way things work in the Word of God. It is the revelation of the Word of God, and this transfiguring is a thing that is that people are going to get into. Uh, have I experienced transfiguration? Has my family experienced transfiguration? Yes, we have. So when we're up here speaking about it, we're talking from experiences that we have had. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me. So, on that day, um, of the, the witnesses, uh, you, you're, you're, you're going to see them, uh, able to transfigure so that when the disbelievers look upon this group, they're not going to be able to know which one of them is Melchizedek or which one of them is Jesus Christ because many of them will have transfigured uh, to look like Jesus Christ or to look like Melchizedek. And and uh, it's going to be an incredibly powerful witness uh, to, to the world uh, of signs and wonders of the power of transfiguration. And it is a thing of God and it's, it, it is a, a plan of God uh, that God is doing uh, and and going to do in a sensational way. So let's um, let's just keep adding all these uh, other thoughts to it. But let's 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 finish in chapter seven, verse um, uh, ten. We talked about the fiery stream and so forth. And then now we're in this place where it says, "Remember, I just read in verse nine, I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the ancient of days did sit." hair uh, a garment white as snow uh, the hair of his head like pure wool okay and um, fiery stream issues out from him uh, verse 10 now here's a real important one go to verse 13 and I saw in the night visions and behold one like the son of man came with the clouds of heaven 
and came to the Ancient of Days. And they brought him near before him. Now, I, I hope that you can read read this in an interpretive way, but it's pretty clear. Here's Jesus Christ, who's in the New Testament is totally identified with coming in the clouds of heaven. Of course, we understand what clouds of heaven represent. But anyway, it's totally identified with the Son of Man, as what he called himself, Jesus, coming. And where does he go to? In this, in this revelation, which is all part of this revelation of the Ancient of Days, he, he goes, he comes to the Ancient of Days. So, Jesus Christ in his, um, his super personification, as Jesus Christ is different than the super personification of Melchizedek. And both of those are different from the actuality of of of, of the the um, representation uh, by the Father uh, of who the Father is, which art in heaven, and this Son of Man, verse thirteen, came came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him, and there was given him. Jesus Christ, dominion and glory, and a kingdom, and all people, nations, and language should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. There's the scripture, ladies and gentlemen. We're not just pulling up a bunch of junk out of the air. This is real Bible stuff. This is really there. Jesus goes and stands before. So when, when Paul writes in Hebrews and says after the order of Melchizedek that Jesus had followed that he knows what he's talking about he knows what he is revealing and here is depicted all the way back in Daniel in the contextual uh, notations of this story about the ancient of days here is Jesus is brought to stand before him and then Melchizedek is obviously a part as he is operating by the father now you remember last week and I think the week before we showed you the scripture um, in John that says that um, it says that Jesus um, says that Jesus uh, uh, learned from the Father, and whatever the Father showed him to do, uh, that's that's what he did. And this was in John, and it was just a beautiful scripture, and it's one that most people really are not familiar with. Uh, uh, you know, when I tell that to people, they're just astounded. They they don't even think that uh, that, that scripture is in. Uh, the Bible and then when I read it to them as I read it to you last week and the week before they're astounded they're absolutely astounded <coughs> and um, uh, because it is uh, an awesome incredible uh, scripture and it's in the fifth chapter of, 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 Go of the gospel of John and it's verse 20 uh, and 21 
For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these that ye may marvel. Now get this one. For as the Father raises up the dead and quickens them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. The Father teaches the Son how to raise the dead. Some say, well, I don't understand that. Jesus can do anything. He's, he's God. Uh, you have to understand. Jesus was tempted in all the same manner as all of the angels who fell into the matter of, of mortal flesh. And there's a great uh, uh, blockage of the memory. And, and uh, so it is the Father uh, via uh, on, on earth, Melchizedek, who is teaching the Son uh, to remember these things uh, and to restore the memory uh, by the Holy Spirit uh, into Jesus Christ. And uh, that is such a beautiful understanding when a person begins begins to come into all of that. It's just something totally beautiful, totally absolutely beautiful. And this thing of of uh, a trans figuration um, is just going to you know become a deeper and deeper subject, more and more powerful as we get the time to go deeper into it and to explain uh, more about it because uh, it, it just absolutely uh, you know is, is is so beautiful it's, it's just it, it, it is it's just awesome um, <clears throat> I want to remind you of something when I was um, ministering to you about uh, the spiritual interpretation of the Bible and and, and the Holy Spirit and how different it is when the Holy Spirit reveals something from the way that uh, people understand uh, and try to interpret to be. And, and when someone says, well, why is it? Uh, why is it that these things haven't been interpreted before? How, how come, how could, how could people be so far off? Uh, well, there's a scripture for that, and I want to read that to you. It is a very, very interesting one. Uh, in the 28th chapter of Isaiah, uh, it says in the 11th verse, chapter 28, verse 11, For with stammering lips, for with stammering lips, and another tongue, will he speak to this people. Now, I know a lot of people that are, um, especially the Pentecost, believe that that only refers to um, the... Uh, speaking in tongues, the unknown tongues and all that. But uh, very clearly in the New Testament, there are tongues of angels and there are many different uh, unknown tongues. And when we are talking about this this language uh, of God that, that is throughout all the universe as it describes it in Psalms uh, 19 verses 1 through 6, uh, there is a connection to all of this. For with stammering lips and another Tongue, will he speak to this people of whom he said, This is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. Now, usually when you use the term or the language of talking, normally you don't associate that with it being a causation of rest but in this 
beautifully written, beautifully strange language. This language, this stammering lips, this Holy Ghost inspired language uh, is so powerful, so promoting that when a person is subjected to it, it brings them into the into rest, into confidence, into relaxation, into security. And it, it says it causes the weary to rest, and it is the refreshing, but they would not hear it. Now why wouldn't they hear it? Now listen to this, verse thirteen. But word but the word of the Lord was unto them precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little, that they might go and fall backwards and be broken, snared and taken. You see, people have taken this word and they've tried to take it line by line, word by word, break it down uh, uh, with man's understanding, try to perfect it from the actual uh, Hebrew uh, and and uh, uh, be so specific as to if that was the intent of the word that was meant to be um, translated and and uh, in doing that they have displeased God that is not how God wants the, the Holy Spirit contextual word of the Bible to be understood he doesn't want it to be uh, precept upon precept precept upon precept look at the reiteration there line upon line line upon line here a little there a little and what is the result of that it causes people to go backwards it causes people to go away from what the real meaning of the word is it causes them to fail to have the understanding to fail to have the, the Holy Ghost interpretation it causes them to instead of uh, growing in the Lord to actually become diminished in God and they continue by following that a severe method of line upon line and precept upon precept repeat it, repeat it, repeat it here a little, there a little and they go backwards and they eventually fall and are broken and snared and taken it's a trap of the forces dark it's a trap of the forces dark. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a stirring time. This is a time of the holy manifest. And the word manifest means, you know, to bring to light, to reveal and bring to light. And that's what these broadcasts are about. That's what the Peace Bible, uh, Peace Manifest Bible, that is going to be uh, published here, we hope one day soon, is about. That's what Star Rise is about, and all these other books. <clears throat> That's what this word is about. Excuse me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. So that's that to me is a very very powerful scripture that we can come into the understanding how that God is trying to to show us. Now we're going to go over to Zechariah and we're going to uh, get into that scripture I started to mention. So turn with me into Zechariah and we'll see just how very interesting this is. We've covered it before, but that's alright. We're going to cover it some more because this was such a breakthrough scripture. Such a powerful scripture. 
that uh, a person hearing it <coughs> cannot be but set free. It, it, it is it is definitely uh, a set free scripture. And uh, <coughs> okay, now in the fourth chapter of Zechariah, we read this thing where the angel is talking with with Zechariah. And he, like a man, wakened out of the sleep. And the angel says to him, "Do you see this? What do you see?" And he says, "Well, I, I see this candlestick, all of gold, and a bowl upon the top of it. And there's seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes of the seven lamps, which are upon the top thereof. And there's two olive trees by it, one upon the right side of the bowl, and one upon the left side of the bowl. And so I answered." And, <clears throat> and spake to the angel that talked with me, saying, What are these, my lord? <clears throat> now, Zechariah did not understand what this was. When when Daniel uh, had uh, things revealed to him, he did not understand either. Uh, he he did not understand uh, what what the meaning. Uh, you know, was uh, and and uh, uh, the angels had to come and get in, and tell these great men. Uh, Daniel in the first chapter of Daniel is described as practically being a scientist, but yet uh, something that just had had uh, a religious traditional aspect to it about the the Sabbath and about the the, the days and the weeks. Uh, he totally understand it in the traditional sense. And the traditional sense turned out to be absolutely incorrect. Even though that passed through the times of, of Moses, of Joshua, and of, uh, of some great uh, uh, persons, yet <clears throat> they were, were going forward with the traditional sense. And, and Paul says that same veil that was over them in, in the reading of the word in the days of Moses still even in the day in which he was alive on earth was still over the face of people they were still seeing the word through a veil uh, that had to do with old ideas old tradition that never was at any time the true interpretation of the word of God never was at any time it was line upon line precept upon precept and all that that could ever do for anyone is to eventually diminish their spirituality, eventually, eventually take them backwards, and eventually they would fall, be taken and snared. So, that's an incredible thing. So we have all this vision in Zechariah 4, and all these things, and, and the two olive trees standing by it, and, and he says, you know, what does this mean? Well, in verse 6, the angel answers and says, this is the word of the Lord, and to Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Now I tell you, what what interpretation artist, what um, person with all their uh, fancy fancy um, code invention would try to come up and try to uh, to interpret what this means? Uh, uh, and and. Uh, I'm sure there's been lots of people over over the uh, the ages of time that have read this Bible, and and have not bothered to go down to verse six and have got, come up with fabulous uh, explanations of, of this vision that that uh, Zechariah had, but it all boiled down to this neat little package, not by might, 
not by power, but by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, all of that is powerful stuff. By the Spirit and the Lord of hosts, and what the meaning of the Lord of hosts is, and all that's powerful stuff. But, nevertheless, um, it would never have been the interpretation of the average guy on the street. Uh, it, it would absolutely take a Holy Ghost uh, revelation to have received something like this. And uh, we recently, in the last blog, we talked about um, how that um, uh, an a angel appeared to John. And this was a special angel. Um, and this angel appeared to John and uh, and and he revealed the measurement of things in in the understanding of of an angelic view, uh, because the way that other people were understanding the measurement of the reed, the measurement of the cubit, and all that kind of thing, it was not going to tell the true story. It was not it, it was not going to tell the facts. But but the facts were going to be understood by the spirit, and this angel came to relate to to uh, reveal this incredible, beautiful revelation by the spirit, and that's what he was doing. So not by my not by power, but by my spirit. Now, what is the total consensus of that uh, in in a um, resolution way? Chapter four, verse fourteen. Then he said, "These are." the two anointed ones that stand by the Lord of the whole earth. So, this is so incredible. Now we have three entities that are here in mention. We have, we have uh, the Lord Jesus. We have the Lord Melchizedek. And we have the Lord the Father of the Holy Ghost. Because these two are the anointed ones that stand by the Lord of the whole earth. And and uh, uh, we have to be able to see the simple little math into it. There's three entities represented here, and and who you might have thought was the Lord would be the reason you would interpret that. Think well, it couldn't be the other two because the the two are standing by the Lord of the whole earth. But we have been able to come uh, to to the revelation, uh, quite beautiful revelation, uh, and that it's all Bible that. Um, that the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, uh, these these are all uh, all in the Scripture, uh, given the name Lord, and and uh, and we can also find that of Melchizedek. So it is absolutely incredible of the Scriptures, and we read these Scriptures to you, and they're on the broadcast that uh, that tell. Uh, scriptures that prove those that statement that I just made. I can't repeat everything. If I do, we're not going to get through this message. <laughs> okay, okay. So that is a powerful and beautiful, beautiful thing. Now, what we have then is we have the White Horse Ministry, and we have the White Horse Ministry of of uh, those persons uh, that are elect angels. Uh, they have um, have have risen, uh, you know, and they are now active. Uh, they they haven't become orphanims yet, uh, but they are now what is called dignitaries, and so they are active angels, like the angel that came back to John, and and he said he said don't don't worship me. John fell down to worship. He says, oh no no stop that. I'm one of you. Like I'm one of the prophets. I'm one of the people just like you. He was a dignitary. 
and and there's that group, and so there they, there's a white horse ministry that is in that group, which Yahweh, Jesus Christ, is ahead of, riding on the white horse ministry, um, and then there is the white horse ministry uh, that that um, uh, is not have not reached the stage of being dignitaries, but they are strong believers. Who, who in the future will live on the earth and will be a part of the White Horse Ministry. And then there is the White Horse Ministry that will come uh, from heaven. Uh, and and I don't have time to go into the scriptures to show that as birds flying, the Bible says, this White Horse Ministry will come uh, from, uh, led by um, uh, Melchizedek and will come uh, to... Um, to save uh, the the Jews and to, and to save the world, uh, when the Battle of Armageddon finally does take place, <coughs> and that won't be for a long time. But when it finally does take place, um, uh, the these nations that will gather together will represent such a huge uh, army uh, that they will uh, actually take. Uh, Israel. They will actually take Israel and they will begin a process of totally destroying the Jews. <coughs> but at that time, the Bible says that this white horse ministry will come from heaven and, uh, and they will come and, uh, uh, and, and Jesus will join them and stand on the Mount of Olives and they will defeat all of these army, armies. And, uh, uh, they will they will send syntonic fire, and uh, and uh, there, there's an incredible story of of what happens. I won't go into that because I need to give a lot of other explanation with it, so that you can understand the overall meaning of its application. So those those things are so very 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 important, you know. And <clears throat> as we as we looked at this thing with Melchizedek, okay. Uh, I, I now need to explain some things about Kaunin. C O U N E, Kaun. C O U N E, Kaun. Kaun is when um, two spirit entities end up uh, uh, possessing the same space, they become one entity, they join into one one entity. Jesus talked a lot about that in the, in the Gospel of John. It's a process. There's different stages uh, that are not koun, but that are oneness, but they're not at the highest level of oneness, which is to koun. And, and, but even then, it is still possible for the spirit that has become one, say, with the Father. Then it, it is, is no longer uh, just... Um, uh, that spirit anymore that spirit's personality that spirit's um, uh, own desires has totally em- emerged uh, with the with the desires and and the spirit of the father but still that original spirit can 
come out, of which the Bible describes both uh, Melchizedek and uh, Jesus Christ as coming out from the Father, and and uh, they can become a, a super individual uh, 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 unity or uh, entity, and and that's what both of them did, and and as super indiv- uh, individual entities, they have a certain personification that they are given. And uh, that personification, uh, like of Jesus Christ, is not the same as the personif- personification of Melchizedek. But in both cases, they are both representing the Father because they both came from the Father. Therefore, they are in the in, in the in the fullest sense of co-owning. They are the Father. They are one. Therefore, Jesus is Melchizedek. Melchizedek is Jesus. Jesus and Melchizedek are the Father. But they are. Uh, in the the um, super inducement of being uh, this this um, uh, super individual uh, entity, uh, and and they have come out from the Father to do that. Therefore, they they um, uh, at that time the the the, the scripture says they di- divest themselves. Uh, in Philippians and Galatians, it talks about Jesus, you know, divesting himself. Uh, of of his uh, archangelship and uh, and uh, and and taking on uh, you know this um, uh, life of of uh, Adam, uh, it was it, it's just it's just uh, you know an incredible thing. Let's see if I could just find a little bit of it here. It's quite beautiful. Uh, here it is. This is uh, the a piece manifested Bible. Uh, chapter Genesis 2 2. For during the seventh generation, Yahweh ceased, ended Yahweh's angelship, therefore becoming Lord of the Sabbath by ceasing M's angel spiriting of creation. So it was on the seventh Yom, the Sabbath, Yahweh cast Yahweh's self down into mortal flesh. The very act uh, breathing a divine soul and, and giving life to Adam. For Christ, becoming Jesus in the fashion of a man, thought it not strange to be considered in his flesh the Son of Man, and yet known by his Spirit as the Son of God. For in the spirit world, and I went on to Philippians 2.6, I'm sorry, uh, Philippians 2.6, For Christ, becoming Jesus in the fashion of a man, thought it not strange to be considered in his flesh the Son of Man, and yet known uh, by his spirit as the son of God for in the spirit world all archangels are gods and are equal in God's sight uh, Philippians 2.7 conclusively Jesus emptied himself and took on the form of a lowly person in the common appearance of humanness Philippians 2.8 descending from the spiritual realm to become a human he awoke as a mortal and although by the Holy Spirit He gradually took on remembrance of his heavenliness, yet he humbled himself to to make the cross a budding rod for the sake of all um, humanity. Uh, So it is written, the first man who was made a living soul was Adam. It was Yahweh who became Jesus Christ and who by the quickening of the Spirit finished the first Adam's role and became the complete Adam. Uh, that's just some of the beautiful stuff uh, you people are going to be privy to uh, in the day that we're able to get this piece of Bible out to you because it is loaded, absolutely loaded 
with good, good stuff. Now, I, I, I want to thank God for the follow-up that we are getting from people that are not necessarily tuning in when we, we have the live broadcast, but are getting on. Uh, like, I know there's several people out of town, and I also know that in the last uh, these last two broadcasts that I just have not had time uh, to go on Twitter or Facebook or, or, or uh, you know, uh, Tangle, um, uh, GodTube, uh, to broad to, to let people know of the broadcast. Uh, I just I've just been uh, too up to my eyeballs in in the work of trying to finish uh, you know this this peace Bible and and all that uh, that it means and and is is attuned to. Uh, it's it's just such a, a incredibly awesome work and awesome thing thing that uh, it's nothing but uh, you know but 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 beauty. Nothing but absolute beauty. Okay, so I know that last week I, I gave this scripture, um, and uh, uh, it it was uh, you know an important scripture. Uh, I, I haven't had a chance to listen to what uh, the ten minutes is that's missing, so there's no sense me maybe giving any of these scriptures until I've had a chance to know uh, what was missed and then I can either put that into a blog or uh, I can do something along that line um, there is one thing though that I would I would like to cover um, when we gave that scripture uh, in um, Isaiah and uh, I had a question that came that was sent to me and um, uh, let's see if I can find it real fast um, uh Chapter 43, verse 10. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me, and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. Now, the question uh, posed was, you know, if there's no other gods that, that uh, were formed, before him or after him, then how how does it work out um, that um, uh, that there could be you know more than one seemingly more than one God uh, like in the tenth chapter of uh, of the of the of the New Testament book of John uh, it talks about uh, I have said you are gods. And then we have all these other scriptures of lords and gods that are uh, are all throughout the Bible. And so how could that be? Well, uh, it is really explained here, uh, and you have to look at it very carefully. But in the uh, MIV uh, translation, um, it is, it is uh, you know, quite, quite beautiful how that, that it is given. And uh, it, it, uh, it tells it in a way that... Uh, uh, you know that that is is quite exciting. Um, uh, if forty three ten, let me let me read read this. Uh, I Yavial have selected a few chosen of every generation who will witness my wondrous revelations. What persons do not understand, they cannot relate to. I have chosen for you to know and believe. I the Lord say, I have chosen you to not only be my servant but to be a witness for me also. 
Here then is the knowledge not known or understood by the common masses, which will be my sign to you that it is God I am who is speaking to you. I am the only God who am as parts that turn. All other gods were molded, fashioned, and narrowed into forms. Now, uh, this is actually, you have to do a lot of root search uh, and Holy Spirit revelation to, to, to come to this. But, but uh, this, I am the only God who has parts that turn. Uh, uh, there is only one God like that, and that is the invisible, the ultimate, invisible, almighty, I am God. And, 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 and this invisible, uh, God who is, who is, uh, re- referring here to, to, um, to being, um, uh, the only God, uh, who am as parts that turn, uh, that, uh, he's, he's talking about this, um, this, uh, uh, action, this, this um, continuum of, 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 uh, like the Bible calls it, you know, um, uh, it, it speaks of it as a um, as a fire that's unquenchable, you know, a devouring fire. Uh, but we don't can't compare that fire to the natural kind of fires that you light with a match. Uh, this is talking about a totally sin- different kind of fire, a syntonic love fire, a pure energy, and and uh, and. Uh, God is made of this of the highest order as parts that turn. Uh, there is no set form to God. God God does not have a set form. He's a continuously moving uh, form that uh, chooses to take on different uh, forms at any time that he desires. Uh, he, uh, you know, if you read if you read the the Manifest Chronicles. That would give you a lot of insight to it. You'll read that again if you need to, because it would give you a lot of insight. No other God is made like that. And the only way they could ever become made like that would be to go through the hallowing, which is, you know, eternities of, uh, of, experience, of experience and, 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 uh, and go through the hallowing and eventually become co-owned to the ultimate God. Which they would then cease to exist and cease to be, be any personality. Their spirit would become one, uh, and, and would occupy the same space as the, the ultimate God. And so they would be God. Uh, and so then there would still be only one God, uh, because it, it is a totally, uh, compound God. So, so, uh, that's sort of deep, and I hope I didn't uh, uh, blow any of you out of the water. It looks like you picked up a couple people. I'm sorry that some of you may have missed uh, uh, these uh, latest teachings, but you can go back now. You can, Lord willing, this will get, be able to get on the recording tonight. And you can go back and listen to these teachings, and you really should do that. We've got some of these uh, teachings. There's some of them that over 300 people have, have listened to, and, and there's, uh, you know, uh, hundreds of people that aren't listening. And, and the thing is growing. We have never advertised it. it it's only been a word of mouth. So it's amazing that it has done, has done that well. And I hope uh, for the dear gentleman that was asking this question that that, that helps to understand this scripture. I, I did teachings on this several years ago 
uh, Isaiah 43.10. There is another scripture that I think does help uh, to make it better understood. Uh, and I might just read that scripture in Isaiah 46.9. Uh, Remember the former things of old. For I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me. So, so he says, there, I am God, and there is none else. There is no other God. And then it's explained. There is no other God like me. And so that sort of goes along with the interpretation of, of, of um, you know, uh, this uh, no one, you know, parts turning, uh, and and the interpretation that I gave. Uh, it's a beautiful scripture here, verse ten, declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times the things that are not yet done saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure and so there is a patuity uh, of of God that is uh, uh, different than just eternity Uh, there is a patuity of God that is uh, that is as parts that turn and uh, it uh, is just quite incredible by the way um for that scripture, as birds flying, so will the Lord of hosts, of hosts, H-O-S-T, defend Jerusalem. That's chapter 31, uh, verse 5 of Isaiah. Just so that uh, I give you the scripture so you have it. And then this one that I just read uh, was from Isaiah 43, verse 10. Um, uh, well, that was the, the one I read just before the last one. Uh, that's the one that says, uh, before me there was no God formed. And uh, then um, uh, there is um, the um, uh, the one I just read, which is Isaiah 46, 9. Okay? Now, uh, in the 44th chapter of Isaiah, and uh, it's very interesting as we talk about this transfiguration, um, it 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 uh, it has uh, some interesting things that it says uh, about Jacob, um, and and it, uh, it, it it he says in verse seven, and I shall call and shall declare it, and order for me since I appointed the ancient people, and uh, the the beauty of that is actually explained in verse five. One shall say, I am the Lord's. Another shall call himself by the name of Jacob, and another shall shall subscribe with his hand unto the Lord, and surname himself by the name of Israel. Here we have this twinning. Here we have this similarity to uh, chapter uh, 14, uh, verse 1 of Revelations, where all of these uh, people... Uh, that are under the the control uh, uh, under the order of uh, Melchizedek are um, uh, of the nature they have their father's name written in their forehead. Uh, this is this that all confirms in just a short wave, and there's many more scriptures. This thing that I was teaching on of transfiguration, and how that there will come that day uh, when um, you know. Uh, you may go out and you may be so assimilated into Christ that you will have a transfiguration experience and you will take on uh, the the personification as though you were Jesus Christ just like these who will take on the personification of Jacob or Israel or other names or, or the Lord 
say I am the Lord Uh, uh, that's all scripture it's all there it's all powerful and there's many many more scriptures that have to do with this on the Mount of Transfiguration experience that Jesus shared with uh, a few of his disciples uh, with the intention that as a secret thing uh, that when the right time came it will be able to be known a lot of these things are uh, are you know futuristic but uh, as I explained uh, our family has experienced and and uh, there have been those in our audience at the time that witnessed with their own eyes and saw uh, the transfiguration uh, I was uh, transfigurated uh, before a whole audience of people one time and uh, uh, we have pictures of it in which it shows what happened to uh, my face and the difference of how I began to look and we, we took pictures of it and um, um, it's it's just absolutely amazing the things that can happen uh, you know I don't pray for God to do any of these things I don't say God give me this gift give me that gift oh God show me this miracle show me that miracle do signs and wonders I don't ask God for that I don't really figure I'm worthy of it I don't figure that, that there's anything I could do to actually deserve any of these things of God. I just don't really uh, don't believe that. And so if God does it, it's just God's mercy. But but uh, I noted in one scripture in Daniel, and I'm not putting myself in that stead, but I noticed where it says that sometimes God chooses the basis of men. And, and uh, uh, God has a way, and I'm not... I, I definitely don't feel like I'm in that category, but you know, uh, I, I, I know that there are some really aristocratic people uh, and extremely uh, intelligent people uh, that that uh, you know uh, are a lot uh, brighter than I am on that le- those levels. And uh, and you would think, well, you know, why did God choose those people? Why does He choose you? Well, <laughs> it's the mercy of God. Uh, it is certainly nothing I ever did to earn it or deserve it. And, and so whatever I have uh, is totally something that uh, God can give to anybody. And, and, and that's what we're really hoping. We're really hoping that this manifest truth will get out and, and will get to other people. We really are praying for that. Now, I want to just take the time, and I hope that I don't lose you, uh, and that you will listen uh, carefully. Uh, and I, and I, you that got on early, I hope that you enjoyed uh, my piano playing and my singing. Um, we just don't have the right setup to really do the broadcast like we should. We just don't have all the equipment that we need. Uh, but we're just praying that that will come about, and uh, uh, you know, it, it's, it 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 will someday. It it will. Um, and you pray for us. You pray that God will help us to get what we need. Because if we get everything going like we want, we want to be able to conference. To conference with the people like on this broadcast. And you'd be able to ask questions. I'd be able to see you. You'd be able to see me. Uh, we would be able to, uh, to do some uh, really wonderful things. Uh, uh, in, in the broadcast and, and it would be uh, I know of the will of the Lord that whatever you 
put your hand to the plow, you need to do it right. And and we need to do it right. We need, you know, it, it, it's amazing we've done what, what we have done with the equipment that we have. Uh, but we have a brother that is uh, has given us a couple, um, uh, uh, you know, pieces of, uh, of equipment that is, he's going to send to us. I'm not sure when we'll get that. Uh, they're not brand new. They're older units, but they're were very expensive units. Uh, but of course, it's going to take a lot more than that to put together, according to our uh, 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 the gentleman that that we have hired as a um, uh, uh, a person to you know uh, do all of our work and and put things together on the on uh, our uh, web site he's like a webmaster uh, for us and he's very good we also have another fellow uh, who is very reasonable who is helping us uh, get things together so that we can eventually do uh, these broadcasts correctly if we could get all of this going we would be able to come on more often and we would have uh, we would, we would have some very, very interesting things that uh, we cannot do right now with our limited situation. But anyway, don't go. Stand by. Uh, we are on the verge. Uh, on the verge. We're hoping that by the, uh, be, by the 15th that we will have put together uh, several previews of the of the whole chapter of Revelations. The book of Revelations, the manifest, the peace manifest Bible chapter of Revelations is almost a book to itself. And uh, it's, it's incredible. There is so much information in that that if you read it, you probably just stand up and start shouting. It's so incredible of its revelation uh, and, and the nature of its revelation by the Spirit. And what we're hoping to do, and, and uh, please forgive me for having to even mention this, but I don't have a choice. Um, when we put up our sponsor uh, blog here a while back, and we offered people to invest, that if they invest it in, um, uh, you know, fifty thousand dollars, they they could turn that fifty thousand dollars into a half a million dollars, uh, because they would be getting a dollar for every book, and and we actually figured that could happen, uh, probably within a couple of years that they would have their money, uh, b- because we we have some huge advertising uh, uh, programs, and because people buy Bibles, uh, that is one thing they will buy. And everyone, any serious Bible, everyone will want a copy or two copies or more. Uh, but we offered that. Now, we're, we've had one person who has taken us up on that. Uh, we don't have that money yet. Uh, that person is, is uh, waiting for some money to come in uh, from uh, a sale of a, of a past property he owned. And uh, uh, so, you know, we're expecting that, you know, that will happen. Uh, this person has already donated ten thousand uh, dollars you know earlier uh, to to the cause and is not expecting to apply that ten he's just going to try to put this other fifty thousand together but we're willing for a very very short period of time uh, uh, and I'm not wanting to sound like a commercial uh, person here but to make it twenty five thousand uh, and the reason we don't want we can only have a few people on this is because uh, we don't re- really want it to equal over about four persons because that'll be 
that'll be four dollars coming out uh, of every book that is sold, and and we've got to leave uh, profit in there to pay for all the other things that we need to do with the publication and and with the broadcasting and so forth. So anyone that wants to do that, we're going to give an example. You can you can have a copy of this book of Revelations. Uh, to look at to see if you're interested. It's not saying that you're going to do it, but you ha- we ask you to be sincerely interested, uh, that you're interested to put up to 25,000. You have this book, and then there will be a contract saying that that you know that that 25,000 uh, uh, you'll be left on there until it it turns into 250,000. Now I don't know of a better deal than that, and the only reason I did this is because I was at the computer one day and this flashed into my mind and I really felt it was of God. So we believe if we could get enough of, of people together uh, to, to, uh, to do this, then, then we, could, we could buy some of the equipment that we need and we could have the money we, the, we really need to, uh, because we don't have enough money to even publish the Peace Bible yet. And, uh, and we're going to have this ready to go here one of these days soon and, and we're not going to have the money to do it. And even with the 50000 uh, uh, we're believing that that will come in. Uh, people have no idea what, what you know, I, I've spent probably ten, twelve thousand dollars $12,000 just for the help we have to hire uh, to uh, put this piece Bible together. These people can't just come in here and work full-time free. So, so and then that's just nothing compared to what we've had to do. But that's all I want to talk about it. I hate to have to talk about it, but I would hate more to not be able to get the Peace Bible out. I, I, I just, that book is going to cause people to shout. It's going to cause people to, to, to cry for joy. And, and, and uh, it, not, it not only has the incredible interpretation of the scriptures, all of the scriptures in the book of, of Revelations, but it also has several 30, uh, 60, 100 fold uh, uh, interpretations. Uh, the a later edition will have a whole lot more of those. But I mean, there's enough uh, to, to, to keep you very busy. In addition to that, <coughs> it has a huge section in the back full of notes and references uh, to uh, the various um, scriptures that have been uh, interpreted. And it, there's just loaded with all kinds of scriptures and incredible revelation things uh, taken from past teachings. And there's scriptures given for references. A uh, huge volume of this at the back of the book referenced uh, to every part of the book and, and also the explanations of the uh, the the synecdoche and all of how that that connects to part of this revelation. So it's an incredible, beautiful, wonderful thing, and pray about it. That's all we ask. We thank every one of you for everything that you have done, and and we're not trying to put any pressure on you to do anything that puts a uh, a burden on you. We don't even want that. Uh, we're just you know somebody out there may hear this and and be able to help. We want to do the the Gentile service. Uh, we're getting lots and lots of positive results. Right now, I have a very dear lady uh, that has diabetes. She's legally blind. She's on dialysis. And, uh, 
and she has other problems. And so I'm going to be doing a personal uh, Gentile for her next week over the phone. Uh, I would like you to pray for her and pray as we do this Gentile because she has really been, she's gone through some mistreatment by doctors. It's not all their fault. I'm not against doctors, believe me. But she's gotten some, some bad help. And, uh, and, and it's very, very sad. And my heart just deeply, deeply uh, longs to be able to see her set free. And so we're going to do Gentile on her next week. And, and uh, we've, 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 we've seen everything. We've seen people that were, that were dying, raised up off the deathbed. We've seen that through, our, through the ministry. We, we've seen people with uh, incredible uh, things happen in their body that have been healed instantly. Uh, we've seen it. We don't talk about all these things a lot because we don't want to look like we're trying to promote something with it. But the list is long and it's sensational of the healings that we've had. Tonight I want to do Gentile for any of you people out there that are, are suffering memory loss. I want to uh, to deal with your immune system. I want to deal with uh, any shortages in your body of uh, nutrients. So if you bear with me for just a little bit. Hypothalamus to the pituitary, pituitary to hypothalamus to thyroid to the lymphatic gland to the parasympathetic sympathetic neurotransmission the cerebellum to the white core of brain tissue and the spinal column through the medulla into the pons and from above down through the corpus callosum into all the hemispheres in the frontal lobes and the rear uh, brain begin to send messages to the immune system to the lymphatic glands begin to send messages to the hormones to begin to deal with memory loss in these persons to whom this is applying and begin to receive by the spirit as, as the hormones begin to release messages and there is a removal of, of blockage and a removal of anything that is interfering with these messages going through to the vital points and the receptors are receiving from keys that are being healed to the right shape and the right color and the body is dealing with toxins begin to open up the lymphatic glands to purify the blood system and give it a super strength and a super capability to totally destroy these toxins that are blocking and eradicate them from the body and begin to open up the memory and restore the memory restore the years that the the canker worm has eaten okay Ladies and gentlemen, we've enjoyed being with you. We love you. God bless you. Peace be to you. Good night.